Hello, dear listener, and welcome to yet another episode of The Inforium, your mother's favorite podcast. I don't make up the jokes before I do them. (laughs) Did you see, Martin? Did you see that somebody drew a comic of something you said in the Uh, previous Inforium episode? That was great. I did see that, and I appreciate it. I wonder if I can find that. I should find that at some point in this episode and shout that person out. And if I forget, I'll do it in the next episode. But uh, that gave me a good laugh. So anybody who wants to take Martin's ridiculous things he says, <laughs> or mine, I guess, and turn them into comics, uh, go for it. Because that was very amusing. Somebody also drew a picture of the photo of myself and Matt Diavella doing like the Arnold Schwarzenegger, like bro fist handshake thing. And it was beautiful. It was I don't know that I'm familiar art. with that maneuver, but I will trust you. We'll find them. At Arnold some Schwarzenegger point. is from Jingle All the Way, and that is how I know him. That is true. That is a true statement. I, I'm pretty sure that that is his primary movie that he is known for. I think so. Put the cookie down. <laughs> anyway, welcome back to the Inforium. This is a show about productivity, self development, and me and Martin talking to each other about. Things we're trying to get better at, basically. Yeah. And I'm trying to get better at a lot of things this year. Got a lot of ambitions starting in 2021. Yeah, me too. And this uh, this is actually the first episode that we are recording in 2021 because we were on the ball and recorded the last episode well in advance. Yeah, we're responsible now. Yeah. It's this new thing. And uh, today we're going to talk about how you can stop hesitating and stop convincing yourself not to try new things that you want to do because of fear because of hesitation because of paralysis by analysis or by any other thing yep but first we got our project check-in we always got to do that and we didn't batch episodes this time so that means we can actually do project check-in and i think that actually kind of means we shouldn't batch episodes because then there's no reason well to do you see as long as we're doing them early we don't need to batch them. That's true. Yeah, there's, there's very very little friction to setting them up. Uh, I just throw the camera on the little mount behind my computer, turn on the Zoom call, and we're good to go, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, what, what have you been to? doing in the last... Oh, no. Uh, I asked hour? first. You have to go oh, first. Do I have to go first? Yeah. I asked first. Oh, man. I got in there. Nose goes. I didn't, even, I didn't even review what I said in the last project check-in. I should probably, like, write it down so I can see like what I did and what I said I was going to do. But uh, the biggest thing I'm working on right now is getting the new studio started. So uh, I think it was Monday, the carpet people finally came and carpeted the basement, which is, it's beautiful, Martin. Is it beautiful? It is beautiful. Like a rainbow carpet? Is it cool? Maybe I'm a weirdo because I know some people who are like, I want all hardwood floors and everything needs to be white and whatever but i like carpet and i like i don't know dark tones and things like that so i replaced the old fake wood laminate flooring in my basement with big fuzzy carpet and it's great for the acoustics number one i mean i'm gonna have to do so much less work for sound treatment now that basically the entire floor is sound treatment but also it just feels very good underfoot and i'm a lot happier going down there so the next thing to do is to paint the walls And I had thought about hiring a painter, but I kind of want to get the life experience of having to 
paint and design and customize this space on my own, I think that would be useful and fun to learn. So I'm going to paint it. You never painted something before? Like a room? I have, I have never painted. Oh. Other cool. than like on a canvas. Yeah, in it's, art a, class. it's an experience. You know, it's, it's the most fun thing I've ever done. I have to imagine it's not actually that fun. Um, but I feel like it's one of the things that it's going to be like exhausting, but when you're done, you're going to look at it and feel a bit of pride. Like, look at what my movements have yeah. changed in the world. And that's, that's kind of the point is there's like this idea of like the pride of home ownership. Well, I own a home now, so I think I need to start doing some of the things that generate that pride, even if they take up time. And even if I do have the money to hire somebody to do it, like I know if I hired somebody, they would come in, they would do a better job than I'm going to do. But I just had to ask myself, I'm like, where does that end? Like how, how much do I hire out just so I can sit on a computer and like try to write videos? That's, you know, and and it's not like painting is going to bring me some amazing insight. That's going to let me write a video, but I have been thinking about this more general concept over the last few days, which is like creativity comes from common, like combining many life experiences and the problem with being a full-time creator is you can get locked into this cycle of, okay, make the next video, make the next video, make the next video. And I can do that and I can, I can pull insights by doing research and reading and things like that. But I want to do more than that. I want to pull insights from actual life experience. And right now the task set in front of me is turn that basement into the best studio that I can make. Yeah, like if you get trapped making videos too often, you you only could now make videos about what you learned making videos. And yeah, at some I, point that starts to go a little bit like you run out of new stuff. Exactly, right? And like, even if I can make a ton of money doing it, I don't want to just be like a dude on the computer all the time. I've had this, uh, this quote from Robert Heinlein at the bottom of my impossible list for many, many years, which I will read now. Uh, He said, a human being should be able to change a diaper, plan an invasion, butcher a hog, con a ship, design a building, write a sonnet, balance accounts, build a wall, set a bone, comfort the dying, take orders, give orders, cooperate, act alone, solve equations, analyze a new problem, pitch manure, program a computer, cook a tasty meal, fight efficiently, die gallantly. Specialization is for insects. And I come back to that quote every once in a while. I'm probably not going to butcher a hog, but that's not a bad list. But maybe you should be able to. I don't. I don't know Could if that's if that's necessarily useful for me. If it was like a really angry warthog coming after you, coming after your family. Well, does that necessarily mean that I need to eat it? <laughs> that's the only way to be sure. Like that's the uh, the only. It might come back. It might come back eat unless it you eat it. You I mean, I guess if just... we're if we're talking about a weird like zombie monster hog that I have to to eat. The only way to ensure that a zombie hog doesn't come back is to absorb its power. I guess that that makes enough sense. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been thinking about. Is like I I don't want to let the fact that these flywheels I have in business can make money and can you know continue to grow income. I don't want them to let me become a one trick pony. I want to do things, and I realize like I'm not happy just because I get more followers or get more views on a video or get more money. And really like the only thing that ever pushes me to want to increase those particular numbers is either seeing other people doing it and, you know, dealing with that (laughs) feeling of jealousy and comparison, which is so hard to kick 
I think it's just a human thing. Um, or when there's like a need for it, which usually comes from like people on my team saying like, oh, I, I have a goal. I'm like, okay, well, let's think about how to increase income for that reason. But otherwise, I prioritize learning widely. So I was just going to say maybe one of your next videos is going to be like three things I learned watching paint dry. (laughs) I'm already intrigued. I'm going to click it. not a bad title. I'm still trying to figure out the title for my next video. I've been trying to approach video creation uh, with a bit more rigor as it pertains to the titling process. Um, I'm reading a book by a guy named George. I think it's George Lois. He was like a advertising man back in like the 50s 60s 70s and even the 80s and 90s um and he just kind of like was hammering away at this point of like you have to you have to find words that just conjure strong visuals and that takes a long time it takes a lot of digging and i think that's what helped the last video that we did on perfectionism do well trying to remember the title it's uh, perfectionism is destroying your productivity, period. And then the thumbnail was all these crumpled up papers around like a blank oh, sheet yeah, paper yeah. that I was writing on. <laughs> it was evocative. And I think like sometimes I get caught up in the technicalities of making the video and then I will leave the thumbnail and the title as an afterthought, which is just shooting myself in the foot. <laughs> because if, if people don't, feel compelled to click it in the first place they're never going to see all the technical artistry that goes into the actual video anyway yeah you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover but you also can't read every book so i mean i guess you probably should just judge books by their covers until given other evidence yeah i mean we can say don't judge a book by its cover and i think that's great advice that goes beyond the covers and extends to things like what other people say about a book and the reviews of it and all that but the sad truth is people do judge books and videos and everything by their covers. Uh, and, 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 you know, it's like you said, it's a necessary thing. There's a filtering mechanism that we all have to kind of use because there's just so much out there. Yeah. So uh, as artists and marketers, we have to think about the cover very, very, very deeply. Otherwise, we're going to be relegated to obscurity and history's dustbin to make things necessary un, uh, needlessly dramatic <laughs> yeah uh, but that's the main thing right now otherwise uh, part of my goal for january is to get videos written soon get them filmed so i can pass them off to tony to edit maybe to you to oversee a little bit but you've got your own projects uh, and then i can work on this basement project more often uh, and start working more on notion content yeah I want to uh, not half-ass two things at the same time, but whole-ass one thing and then whole-ass another thing. That's the that's the tricky part of life, Tom. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what have you been working on? Well, a lot of what I've been thinking about is going to end up coming up in this episode, so my project checking won't have to be too long. But in short, uh, I got a new wide-angle lens for my camera. Pretty excited Ooh. about that because it's the like complete opposite of my macro lens. So my mm-hmm. last three photos that I put up on Instagram were of clouds during sunset at various places uh, around Denver. Mm-hmm. And that's just the complete opposite of looking at the eyeball of a damselfly. And I have, I'm have i getting way out of my comfort zone here to try something that I initially didn't... I, I wasn't drawn to landscape 
or yeah. anything like that. But I want to push myself out there to see what I can make. And other than that, so I've, I've been thinking about perfectionism still ever since working on the podcast and the video and reading the book. And I realized it's been holding me back from one of my favorite things, which is language learning. You know, because for the last, mm. and, and you've been there for like all of these, for the last five years, I keep having ideas for some cool language learning project or some cool thing I want to do. I'll build up all these great plans and then eventually it will die because I've built up the pressure that I'm supposed to create the perfect resource that's going to kill the industry and solve everyone's questions forever. And yep. like language learning meant so much to me that I ruined it for myself. So mm -hmm. I was thinking, I was thinking about how my photography thing, you know, I did the 200 days in a row because I was just going to do quantity and allow that to create quality. And I realized I haven't been doing that for language learning lately. Well, that explains why I never get anything finished. I'm, I'm doing the exact opposite of how I should approach this. So then I decided, yeah. what if I just start writing about it again, but not have it to be like the giant, perfect, ultimate guide ever. And immediately mm -hmm. I got inspired by for so many things. So this is going to be a year of projects for me, hopefully. Yeah. And some of them are out of my comfort zone. It's it's funny how the years get away from us because I remember you talking about creating like these ultimate language learning resources maybe as far back as college. Yeah, ever since I stopped doing well, I wanted to do it when I was doing my blog, obviously. Mm -hmm. But ever since stopping that, I've just been like I have so much stuff I want to share. Yeah. About and your it. blog was I mean, that was twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. Yeah. It's twenty twenty one now. And, and like it, you just, you don't realize it, but so much time can pass and you've spent every, either every day or every time you've thought about the project thinking, oh, it's got to be perfect. So I need, I need, I need more time. I got to wait. Yeah. So and all of I, I want to do something. By. I want to do something different. Mm -hmm. I want to take away that pressure and I want to assume that merely allowing myself to do it will bring me closer to a perfect resource than I would ever have gotten trying to make one outright. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of the way I have to approach my notion courses as well because I I am tempted to do the same thing. I want to say this is going to be the ultimate thing ever made. I'm going to answer every question, but it's yet somehow going to be concise and it's going to yeah. be artistic somehow. That's the big thing. It's it's going to give people the information really quickly, but it's also going to have like all the artistic touches to, and you know, it's just it's folly to start with that because that doesn't give you an easy action to start with. Actually, I have a good personal experience uh, kind of along these lines. So I've been developing a workflow on an iPad to do my research and my writing and reading and things like that. Uh, and I'm gonna make a video on this. I'm waiting for uh, the developer of one app to make a few updates that I've requested before I wanna make the video. But um, the, uh, basically there's an, there's an app called Command for iPads and iPhones. It's a browser that lets you highlight text on any web page and keep those highlights there on the page. And then you can add notes hmm. to them. So it's almost like adding Kindle highlights to any web page. And That's there cool. are there are Chrome plugins to do this on the on the desktop size. Um, but I've not seen a plugin to do this on any like default stock iOS browser. Uh, but more importantly, and this doesn't exist on Chrome at all, I don't think, even on desktop my highlights can get synced to Readwise, where I collect all of my little highlights and bookmarks and things like that. Um, 
But the funny thing is like, you can add notes to your highlights, right? So I'm going through this interview with Steve Jobs, I'm adding highlights every once in a while, adding a note every once in a while. And I find one little passage and it just gives me this little tiny germ of a thought. And before I knew it, I wrote like a 1200 word essay just in the note in the browser. <laughs> and uh, not only was it 1200 words, but like there was kind of some like indignation behind my initial idea for the note. So like the, the writing was more inspired than I think a lot of my output has been lately. So it just got me thinking like you, you have to give yourself like just an easy way to slip in to doing the work. And when, when the starting goal is make this perfect game changing thing, that doesn't let you slip into the work. Yeah. But when it's like, oh, let me just make this crappy little note in this browser highlight. It's not even where I actually do my writing. You know, all of a sudden you find like, oh, hey, I've just done something that I actually care about. Or when you just think about something you want to make and you're like, let's just make it a little bit of a mess. Let's just work on one feature. Like that's yeah. how you get things done. I dropped the perfectionism angle and immediately got like six or seven ideas I had to write down for stuff mm -hmm. I could talk about because it didn't have to be the biggest and uh, that's part of uh, what I want to talk about in this episode, since it's about trying new things. And some of the things I want to try are out of my normal comfort zone. So I've been trying to think, I've been fighting it. I have a mm -hmm. lot of moments where I think, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't. This is dumb. This is it's too hard or scary or it won't work or something like that. Yeah. And I'm trying to get to a point where I can actually, actually try it before giving up on an idea. So uh, beyond beyond diving into the language things and the landscape photography, do you have like other examples of, of new things that have come up that you're deciding to actually dive into? Well, I have this idea that involves video and music that I want to create. Okay. That one I'm less scared of, but it does involve doing things involving video, which is usually, ironically, out of my comfort zone, given mm -hmm. that we make videos. I think it's, it's given that very I'm ironic. in a video right now. Yeah, like not only are you in the podcast videos, but you have been in YouTube videos on my channel. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't make a lot of <laughs> sense. But so there's the cool music thing I want to do. I'm not that scared about that because mm -hmm. I like music and I'm more comfortable with that. But I have to. I want to include some sort of video thing so that it's like got a visually interesting background to the yep. music that to kind of complement each other maybe to create a more full experience. And then with the language stuff, I was thinking I want to start writing again just to do it, just to start writing out some of my thoughts, get the practice of writing, become better at it again, and become comfortable with sharing. And then I thought, well, the problem with writing is that if it's a blog post or something alone, not a lot of people are going to see it. So I will help fewer people if it is to help anyone. Mm -hmm. But I also have experience turning that kind of a thing into a video script of sorts or an outline. So would it be worth the extra work to turn those things into something for videos and do language learning videos, something that I've been staunchly against forever because I don't <laughs> care for video as a format as much, but that doesn't really apply because I also don't read articles anymore or listen to podcasts and I, I still want to do those things. Yeah. So I've been thinking, should I try a new way out of my comfort zone YouTube style project? For language learning and that is i've gone back and forth like every day 
because it scares me to think yeah. about putting something up there. You know, it's like it, there's the potential for a bigger audience, which is un- uncomfortable a little bit. There's the question of what to do in the video. You know, there's a thousand details that are involved in every video. And I'm like, should I solve all thousand of those ahead of time? Mm-hmm. I can't. So that would make me stop. And thus far, I've kind of settled on a, a minimum amount that I want to try A minimum first. amount of, of like things you will do? Like consider? Like, uh, like, so I'm not convinced yet that I will like it. And I, I need to find ah. that out. And so what I want to do is basically film and, you know, like cut A-roll style stuff for one mm-hmm. video. Write an outline for a video for two more and come up with topics for another seven. So a total of 10 things at various stages. Okay. Because how could I know if I like the video making process without actually doing it a couple of times? Yeah. And I know I ha- I've had friends and people talk about, hey, I've, ha- I've had this cool idea forever. And then I always just talk myself out of it. I, they never get to the point where they're trying it, the actual action of it, rather than yep. the brainstorming part. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I've had this. Like with, with making music, it was that always. And I think for me, it was always like the perfectionism angle. It's like, oh, i got to make this perfect thing. I can't do it now. Uh, yeah. But I will tell you that for a video, I was not sure if I was going to like it when I started. Really? And it, Yeah, and it was the same thing with podcasting. I don't know that I knew that. I kind of got pushed into podcasting. I wasn't sure if I was going to like doing it, but I knew I liked listening to podcasts. And I remember going to a conference where Pat Flynn, who uh, founded Smart Passive Income, one of my favorite uh, podcasts, he, he was saying like people who come up to me at conferences, even though the blog is bigger and gets many, many, many more visitors, Almost always, people who come up to me at conferences say, hey, I listen to the podcast. That's what they start with. And it's like, hey, I feel like I know you. I feel like I get to hang out with you every week. I love the podcast. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should try it because I do feel like that. I will listen to Smart Passive Income in the gym. It's almost like I knew Pat. So I wanted to try podcasting and I didn't know if I would like it. And I was so scared to do it that I had to wait until uh, you and Brandon and Quentin all left the apartment. Yeah. This was all back when we were roommates. Uh, and I closed the door and I was like, if I would hear a little, like a little bump, I would be like, are they home? Oh, I can't do this with their home. So I was terrified to do it. And then for, for video is the same thing. It was like, I don't know if I was, if I'm going to like it, but you know, I see other people adding video content to their blogs. Let me just try it just to see. Like funny, I, I wasn't even planning on being a YouTuber when I started making YouTube videos. I chose YouTube as a hosting service. I was literally comparing YouTube to another one called Wistia that you have to pay for. And there's there's no algorithm, there's no recommendation engine. Like people don't go to Wistia to find videos. It's literally just video hosting and they would only ever see the videos on your blog. That was what I was intending to do. And I'm like, I, I'm gonna go with YouTube just because it's cheaper. It's free. <laughs> And I mean, that turned out to be a great decision, not only because the YouTube channel has ended up being like the biggest income source that we have, but also after I made the first video, I was like, oh, this is actually fun. And then I would, I would watch YouTube videos and I'm like, oh, let me try that. Let me try that. I'm gonna see if I can do this thing that like JonTron did one of his videos. And it just, it just sort of like created this little snowball that before I knew it, I was a YouTuber, but it wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna build this big YouTube channel. 
That's interesting that you weren't even sure that you were going to like continue doing videos at first. And that's, I guess that's something that I want to try to recreate by forcing myself to create at least one thing that's mostly done just so I've, Mm -hmm. I've actually sat down. I've actually done the recording and seen what it feels like. I like the, uh, the idea you had to do 10 ideas. Like, so one, you said it was one completed video, two like recorded and then seven ideas. I want to do two letter outlined like videos. Like I style Ah, them. I take, take what I want to write, outline it like Mm -hmm. a video and then just a bunch of more topic ideas to prove to myself. Yes, I can keep coming up with topics Mm -hmm. that I'm interested in because I don't really want to force being bored about something that, that sounds terrible. I don't think I would enjoy that. But I want to see if it would be fun. And I can't see if it would be fun if I make it out to be this huge thing. And mm-hmm. I don't want to commit to, you know, because I could take this too far in the other direction. I could be like, hey, everybody, I'm starting a YouTube channel. It's going to be so cool. And here's my schedule. I'm going to publish one video a week for the <laughs> next year. I can't promise that at all. I don't yep. even know if I like it yet. Mm-hmm. And But because it's an inherently kind of public thing... I have to devise tricky ways that allow me to try it yeah. without, you know, setting any expectations that I have mm-hmm. to back out on. Well, so your whole idea to develop 10 pieces of content to varying degrees of completion uh, reminds me of something I've seen other people do, which is actually a great way to try something new and get over your fear of starting, uh, which is to do a limited run. So there have been several podcasts that I listened to actually, where the beginning of the show, they're like, hey, we're gonna do this for 10 episodes. And then like, we'll see where we go from there. But like our intention is to make a 10 episode run of this podcast and then it might just be done. Hmm. And I remember um, there's a podcast called The Adventure Zone, which is like a, it's yeah. uh, the McElroy brothers doing, it's like a D and D podcast. It's hilarious. Uh, it's incredibly well-written once you get further into the story. And at first they were just goofing around. Like they had no intention to make it this super long running series. They're just like, we're just going to try this out because people have said, Hey, it'd be fun to see you guys do a D and D podcast. We have other things. So who knows what this is going to do? We don't know where it's going to go. Let's just try it out. And the pressure is so low when those are the expectations that you can get into it. And in your case, like you might make these uh, two scripts, this one video and get seven ideas. And you might be like, Hey, this is actually fun. Let's keep doing it. Or you might be like, I don't like it. In which case, like it doesn't matter because you tried it. Yeah. I, like, I know I don't like do it. This. it. It wouldn't be 10 years from now. I make a video and I'm like, wait, I love this. What was I? Well, there <laughs> went the 10 years I could have been doing this. That could yep. happen. I wouldn't know. And mm-hmm. the photography thing started as a 30 day challenge. That was essentially a limited daily run. I didn't think I was going to, Committing to 200 days would have been crazy. That's too much. Yeah. I wonder how many of us are like, I'm going to be this thing, and then they go for it. Like, certainly some people do. Like, I'm going to be the the big successful yeah, I'm gonna specific. Be, I'm like, gonna they, be they envision the I'm end gonna goal. I'm going to be a pilot. I'm going to be a YouTuber. Like, I think some people do that. Yeah. But I think more people than than we probably think just stumble into things. I mean, that's why I'm on this right now. It's not like I sat down one day and said, I should be a podcaster. Mm -hmm. I remember I read some stat back when I was in MIS. Uh, It was like over 70% of people who have IT jobs don't have any sort of like IT education. (laughs) And when I worked in the IT center at at 
uh, on campus, like one of my bosses, one of the student managers was an English major. And she was super knowledgeable. And I think she had just stumbled into the job and then, you know, kept working hard at it and gotten really knowledgeable. But, you know, not an MIS major, not a comm sci major. It's interesting to to see this sort of thing because I feel like career trajectories often try to convince you that you train and do one thing. And it it tries Mm -hmm. to basically downplay or ignore the fact that you stumble into stuff. The training doesn't mean you can't be good at a bunch of other stuff. The amount of years you will likely live is a large enough to do many things. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's part of why I'm motivated this year. I mean, I'm about to turn 30. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I could either get all existential about that or accept that I continue to age and start doing some of the things I'm unsure of yeah. before it becomes like less convenient. What if I end up having kids or something, mm-hmm. you know, suddenly having 18 projects at the same time, that ain't gonna, that ain't gonna fly. Yeah. That would be a terrible idea, so. I think these milestones are, they're great opportunities to reflect on what you may have been putting off and why, and like what what's causing you to do that? What are the fears? It just yeah. makes it so much easier to reflect on those, those kinds of things. Um, so that book I started reading, it's called Damn Good Advice. At least I think it's called Damn Good Advice. Yes, it is. Uh, by George Lois. He, he just had this uh, this quote from from a guy named Joseph Campbell uh, who was talking about another person's novel called Babbitt. And uh, he said, like, remember the last line in Babbitt? I've never done a thing that I wanted to do in all my life. That's a man who never followed his bliss. And, like, I think a lot of us never do that. We always want to like do these things and then we come up with some reason why we can't do it right now. Maybe like in your case, I think the language thing always seemed like too intimidating to start now because it had to be perfect. Yeah. But there, there's so many other things that get in the way. I like, I know for me, it's like this fear of judgment. It's like, sometimes I'll want to go out and like shoot stuff in the middle of the city, but I'm like, Oh, people are going to look at me weird. If I'm like walking around with a camera and like that, that's a fear that I need to get over. Number one, because I know logically people don't really care. They just want you not to be in their way, really. No, yeah, nobody gives a crap. Everyone is living their own story. And if they look your way and they're like a little weirded out for a second, they're going to forget about that in 10 seconds because they got their own crap to deal with. Uh, It's funny, like I'm always reminded of this or re-reminded of this whenever I'm in New York City because New York is full of people just doing whatever the hell they want. Walking down the sidewalk, singing, walking through the, the city in full costume, dancing down the street to their own music, whatever they want to do, and nobody cares. And there's like this vibe there, like everyone is on their own mission. And if you're not getting in the way of my mission, I don't care. Like, do whatever you want. Run down the street singing. It's just another normal day for me. In fact, that's not the weirdest thing I've seen by a long shot since I woke up this morning. It's harder to feel that here in Denver, especially, like, when you're in the suburbs. Everything is just normal and everyone's... Everybody's going to see you run down the street singing, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, everyone's closer than their house, just being a typical, like, suburban family, going to the grocery store. But, yeah, meanwhile, like, in Manhattan, like, someone's just, like tap dancing down the sidewalk in a full tuxedo and you're like yep that's 
another normal day here in New York City. It was funny when I was writing um, the song that I will have coming out this year. I was in New York City and I just woke up and went for a walk around. Um, it was uh, Lower East Side, and I was just singing it to myself. <laughs> I just didn't care because it's New York; nobody cares. And I, I, I wish I could uh, more easily adopt that mindset anywhere. And I guess I just should, because like, what do I have to lose? Basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the worst thing you have to lose is like feeling kind of awkward for a little bit. Yeah, you're I feel like for expressing it, yourself now. It sucks to feel awkward and embarrassed. I don't mm -hmm. appreciate it, but that's such like a weak reason to look back and think of all the things you didn't do. That's, it is yeah. a little bit of potential punishment. It may not be pleasant, but it's mm -hmm. not. That's not good enough of a reason not to try things. I think. So yeah. I want to get out and start actually trying things now because I have a lot mm -hmm. more motivation than before. And because I'm not getting any younger. Yeah. Uh, I have another thing that I would suggest to anybody who frequently pushes off or rejects new ideas. Uh, do whatever you can to surround yourself with people who say, yeah, you can do that. Because so many people, when, when presented with an idea that like you want to do or maybe that they should do their first instinct is to say well here's why that wouldn't work or like i don't think we could do that immediate shutdown immediate shutdown and i am i'm not going to be so extreme as to say like your mindset determines all of your outcome in life like this isn't some like napoleon hill the secret style podcast here law of attraction but i do think that determines a large percentage of your outcomes simply number one having the mindset that immediately says yeah we can do that let's go figure it out and surrounding yourself with people who have that similar mindset yeah like it can't fix everything but it's a way better start than immediately mm -hmm. shutting everything down and when you're with people who are like that, when you surround yourself with people who are like that and you're like that too, I think it creates like a snowball effect because if you're both positive thinkers and you're both like of the mindset of like, let's figure out how to do it, then you end up creating more ideas when you're bouncing that off each other. Whereas when you have somebody who just shuts it down, that's where it stops. Unless you're like, okay, I'm going to go off by myself and figure it out. But they're not helping you. Yeah, I think I feel pretty good about that sort of a situation. I think I, I've actually gone out of my way this year to specifically enable and help in people's side projects mm -hmm. just because they were like, I'm, I'm thinking about this, but I'm not sure. And I'm like, I can, I'll give a little bit of time just to give you some feedback. Or I made a pixel yeah. art logo for one of our friends who I mm -hmm. will not name because I don't know that they put their name on the blog. But it's a, you know, just a little Pokemon thing. And I was like, this is going to be cool. I'm just going to make it. I just feel like making it. It would look good with a nice logo up there. Yeah. Just, I'm going to support my friend's projects for mm -hmm. no reason other than to do it. I actually uh, like the example you gave me um, earlier this year. Where you were just saying, like, you know, I've just been hopping on Discord with old friends and, and doing exactly what you just said. And I think that's a great uh, specific example because right now we kind of can't hang out in person with a lot yeah. of people. <laughs> but uh you know we have all these tools that allow us to talk with and connect with all sorts of people and yeah you've been using that to great advantage 
Yeah. Whenever Game anybody mentions like, man, that'd be kind of cool. I tried. I want to be the voice of like, it would be cool. And here's mm-hmm. the first step that you could think about because that's interesting. I heard mm-hmm. about this tool, or I know somebody who works in Blender. Maybe they might know something. It's just I want everybody to be excited about something, and maybe I just I need to let myself be excited about something now. Yeah, I was I was honestly really excited to see like one of our other friends finally started like shooting some video, yeah. getting into something like it was it was it was fun to see actual progress, you know. And I want to be there to encourage that. Like, keep going, keep doing it. So, yeah, I think that's uh, that's something that everyone should be doing. Yeah, be wary of the voice that immediately says no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've seen it a lot, you know. And some people just like that's their that's their general way of going through life. Is I, I see the the path that is laid out in front of me. There's like the. I don't know everything that's within the the bowling lane bumpers, and if I want anything outside of it, well, I probably can't get it. Yeah, and I mean, even I, like I said earlier, I've been having, if I have an off day in the last couple of weeks, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't try video. That's dumb. There's no reason to try that. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a waste of my time or something. And then I'm like, no, you said you would do this amount first, even if you yeah. feel bad. So, it's a do definitely you, uh... a struggle to not kill the idea immediately. Do you have a do you have a date in mind? I do not, simply because I think this is going to be a busy month and I want okay. to make sure I know how I'm hoping that I've at least tried and maybe recorded that first one, maybe even done the whole testing process with a ton of ideas this winter, before the end of February. Okay. But there are a lot of things I'm trying to do right now. So I all I know is I want to at least have made significant progress on that first part where I try yeah. to actually make one that's fleshed out and see what kind of video styles could work with it. I at least want to mm-hmm. kind of see what that feels like within the next month or two. I don't want to wait. If I wait too long, it's going to get to when I'm likely moving and I'll be like, Oh, I don't have time to do this maybe next year. And there mm-hmm. we go. I've snowballed it into some nonsense future. And there's so always, there's always something. I'm never going like, to not have an event that- in life. If you let that happen, if you let, oh, I have to move soon, uh, I'm going to have to pack up my room, I, what's the point of setting up a studio right now? Like, there's always going to be something. Yeah. I, I, I don't say- remember who said this, but there was just somebody who was like, I, I see that the most the people who get the most done, like, typically do things right away. Yeah, the more you procrastinate, like, the worse it feels mm-hmm. to, because you're also a little bit guilty for not doing it yet, and it gets more and more foreboding. Mm-hmm. But I'm, yeah, I mean, like, I wanna, that's why know, I want to do it in the next month or two. I don't want to, yeah, mess around. Start the most year of the off, ideas so. I have, like, I'll just sit on them. And then you know, a lot of times, if I do sit on an idea, it I'm more prone to perfectionism on it because I'm like, oh, I'm coming back to that idea, like that I said I didn't have time for, so now I have time for it. Oh, it better be great. Whereas yeah. it's like an idea I just had. I'm like, let's just do it. Let's just let's just get into it. Figure it out. Make it something as, as best as I can make it, and move on to the next thing. But uh, I find it very useful when I'm scared to do something to find a way to like commit myself to it. So, um, signing up for vocal lessons was a really good example because I was scared out of my mind to go into a room and like sing loudly in front of another human being. I did not want to do it. 
uh, even though I love singing. So booking that first vocal lesson and having a specific date on my calendar was the thing that made me do it. I don't think I would have done it without that thing being booked in advance. Uh, it's, it's actually kind of funny. Like, I think that's like a, a, a hack to make yourself do all kinds of stuff. Like with skiing this year, like because of the pandemic, the, the, the capacity is so much lower at all the resorts. There's like tons of distancing. And because of that, you have to reserve. Whereas in you know regular years, you could just get a pass, just go. And at first I was like, this is going to be an annoyance because you got to get on the website. You got to make a reservation. But actually, I, I feel like it's going to make me ski more. Because every year since I've moved here, I've bought the uh, <laughs> I've bought the pass, and then I've skied like two days. Because every week I'll be like, "Oh, I'm gonna ski this week," and then ah, oh, I gotta write a video today. Oh, I should probably do some stuff. I'll go next week, and then by but before I know it, the ski season's over. Yeah, Whereas I feel like, like having oh, to plan you... stuff ahead of time really helps. Yeah, it's like you made a reservation, and if you skip out on too many reservations, you might lose your pass, or something bad will happen. It's like, I better go. Like uh, that that same situation you're talking about that is more prevalent right now is the reason that I got to go do the the green tea ceremony at the Japanese Garden, the Botanic Gardens. Is it because people because, skipped? Because that stuff gets booked like six to eight months in advance. Mm-hmm. So there's no time for me to say, am I going to be busy the weekend of like September 13th? Yeah. A year from now, I don't. I don't need to worry about that. I just say, well, that's the only opening. So if I don't do it yep. now, tomorrow it will be gone. Yeah, I and think I will you, do if it. If you now. don't get it on the books, you get a book. Like, if you don't get a booked time, then it's so easy to justify I not doing like, it when it comes like when it comes around and you want to do it. Yeah, but if it's, it's there, if it's pre-committed, and especially if there's like somebody else or something else that's sort of holding you to it, you're gonna go do it. Yeah, it's over and over in life. It seems like any sort of long-term list is where my ideas go to die. Mm-hmm. I, I need to commit to some tiny fraction of an action for the idea soon. Or odds are I won't do it. Maybe I'll get re-inspired later. But more often than not, I've had ideas that just disappear into an, a note somewhere you know, in yeah. my notes app and I just never see it again because I didn't take action quickly enough. I would actually love to see some comments on the YouTube version of this podcast. Not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make it super hard on you. I'm not going to tell you, you have to go do a thing, but I would love to see like, what's something that you want to do that you're scared to do. And then what is something that could create a little bit of that pressure? Just an idea, whether it be like, Oh, I want to run a marathon, book the marathon. I want to sing, book a vocal lesson, something like that. Yeah. Like once you've written it out, you can decide whether or not to do it, but you'll know, you'll know the, you'll know the method that will help you do it. Yeah. Last year wasn't great and you can't make any guarantees about this year. It's like maybe there's an action you can take that will make it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Well, I have uh, a, a fairly, fairly hard stop coming up. That's fair. So we should get into our good old cult member questions. So we don't belabor these points too much. Yeah, let me pull those up. Uh, Oh, I guess if anybody has any cool, like if they're interested, if y'all are interested in the language thing, let me know if you have any cool things you'd like to see me talk about. It might be the idea that makes the difference between whether or not, like I, I feel like doing it. 
uh, no pressure, but you could bring up something that I didn't think about. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the first question we've got here is, I've been working from home since March. I'm struggling to switch off from work after a long day because there's no longer a physical commute that separates the two. What are some practical ways to switch between work and home life at the end of the day when you're working from home? Turn off your computer. Like whatever you can do to disconnect from your work, do it. Log out of accounts. Like if you're in Slack, I mean, you could log out of Slack. You could oh, log yeah. out of your email. You could log out of whatever software you're using. And if you don't need your computer anymore, you know, I'm a PC gamer. So I got to keep my computer on because sometimes I play games. But if I don't need it, if I'm not going to play games at night, just turn it off at the end of the workday. Maybe make yourself a quote unquote commute. So end of the workday, okay, that's when I schedule my half hour walk, which yeah. uh, Anna and I need to get back into doing. But that's something that we like we would like to do every single day is go for a walk. Um, and I've been I've been working out. Uh, I don't work out in the morning because um, I've got a garage gym now, and one friend who's in like my pod of friends comes over, and it's usually in the evening to work out. Well, if that's early evening, that's a good hard stop for work. Work go into the garage gym, work out, then I can decompress and hang out at night. But you got to have something real, some kind of real barrier between work and between your personal life. And if it's not a commute, it's something else. Yeah. Like, what, what do you do? Uh, lately, I've been going downstairs, messing around on piano for a bit. Mm -hmm. Ideally, I'd go outside, but I've been finishing my work when it's dark lately. So while I will try to do that, it will come more naturally once the sun stops setting so early yeah and yeah uh, i mean we're we're over the hump right no wait yeah it should be I, I thought when's so. the when's you the, know what uh, i don't know i don't know calendar what things. is it called the vernal equinox i don't know when that is or the winter solstice i don't remember it's, what there's somewhere but i think we're over the hump yeah i i prefer to like go outside um i do tend to close work apps when i'm done working and yeah. i have a little notebook a little like flippy reporter style that flips vertically. Mm -hmm. And so on one page, I'll write down what my tasks are for the workday. But on the, the other side, if I flip it around and look at the back of the last page, I have some personal tasks for the day that mm -hmm. I've written down. So I flip the notebook literally so that the work side is now gone. Oh, there you go. And that's, that's also cool. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, I had some goals for the day. Let's see what I can do. Um, another thing you can do, schedule a call with your mom or your dad or say you're going to hop on discord with friends at a certain time yep you know create yeah, some kind of little social obligation hunter. yeah i mean I, I see you on the discord like most nights now in the monster hunter chat and i don't play monster hunter but i'll get on there just yeah. like number one i want to hang out with my friends even though we can't hang out in person uh and, and it also just it, it kind of creates like a oh i'm not i'm not working right now i'm jumping into the discord with my friends or i'm gonna play a game with hannah or something that's yeah. not work yeah social things help a lot mm -hmm. yeah i haven't had too much too much trouble lately with that switch but i've definitely dealt with it in the past a lot you know i know anything that creates some kind of tangible separation incorporate that into your life uh second cult member question real simple what are you guys reading lately? 
Uh, I've still been reading the last like quarter of that perfectionism book. I it's getting it. It's like into super specific case study sort of area now, so I don't feel that pressure to read it quickly. That's kind of it, honestly. Mm-hmm. I have not been. I've been focused on these other ideas, so I haven't been reading a lot of books. That's fair, uh, and that is when perfect isn't good enough. By it was Martin Anthony, right? Yeah, yeah, Anthony, and then someone else. That's right. A paradox. Wait, a paradox? Yeah, a pair of doctors. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's that's a pretty nice pun. Don't, don't get confused. I was confused. Uh, okay, so I'm reading a couple right now. Uh, I am reading a book called Damn Good Advice by George Lois, and I picked that up today. Uh, this is a book that you could probably read in an afternoon, but I basically get an insight from every page, take a picture of it to highlight it with Readwise, and then like start writing notes, so it'll probably take me forever to get through it. Uh, it's just a bunch of insights from his career as an advertising, um, I don't even know what to call it. He wasn't like an advertising executive. He was like somebody who actually crafted ad campaigns. Um, just a bunch of insights about creativity, essentially, from hmm. his career. I just found it on the shelf at Barnes & Noble. I honestly went to Barnes & Noble because I, I wanted to get a book on like painting. And I knew I could just Google it, but... I don't know. There's just something like I kind of wanted to have a more analog experience in this. So I went there just to see if I could find a book on painting a room and other DIY projects. And then I just was looking around and found this. So, um, you know, I've gotten like maybe a quarter into it because it is a quick read. But if you are a creative like I am, I do think it's probably worth your time. It's got a lot of really interesting little bits in there. I don't know. Sometimes something that you've already heard before can be stated in a way or stated with a certain amount of passion. And it can hit you and make you think about like, how can I change my own work? Um, you know, just one, one little thing here. Uh, he had like this, this very, this very like quippy line. Uh, it's not how short you make it. It's how you make it short. Think long, write short. And I, it just kind of challenged me to be more concise in my writing than I have been in the past. So I'm applying that to the new video I'm working on. And then at my editor, Tony's request, I am reading a book called Creativity Inc., which was written by Ed Catmull, who was one of the co-founders of Pixar. And it's basically a book about kind of how Pixar was built, but a lot of the challenges that they faced along the way in building an organization um, and like maintaining creativity as an organization grows. And he kind of writes it from the perspective of him having to become a manager over time. And I don't really want to be a manager, but as somebody who owns a company, I think the insights we can pull from that book will allow whoever is doing the managing to do it better and also for the organization to be organized better as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward and to so reading And so far, I'm finding... What's that? I'm looking forward to reading that one. You're going to read it too? Yep. Tony bought me a hardcover copy and a Kindle copy. That's how much he wants me to read it. <laughs> but Tony loves Pixar, so it doesn't surprise me at all. But yeah, so far I'm enjoying that one. I'm not super far into it yet, so you know I don't have like a total stamp of recommendation on it, but um it, I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a tentative recommendation anyway because I've pulled some interesting insights from it, but more than that, it is written in an interesting way. And sometimes I'll read a book and, and the way the writer writes, 
Um, Nassim Nicholas Taleb comes to mind here. They write more viscerally. They write with more stories and examples that kind of have bite or they're funny or they're interesting. And it just it just kind of juxtaposes the that with all like a lot of the other business books I've read and personal development books I've read because a lot of them like they've got good insights but they're just written in such a straightforward linear dry way and it's a breath of fresh air when you pick up a book that is ostensibly about personal development or or creativity or business but then there's just stuff in there that really stands out and uh creativity inc has some of that anti-fragile has some of that um the damn good advice definitely has some of that you know he's a creative guy so it doesn't surprise me but yeah those are the books i'm reading and i think that is going to bring us to the end of this podcast episode i've got to go eat and i've got to go do a bunch of work even though it's friday oh it is friday it is friday well there it is I gotta start prepping the basement for uh, painting, which means I need to finish my uh, my floor diagram with measurements so I can get a estimate of how much paint I need to buy. I need to send a bunch of paperwork to my financial advisor. I need to do all kinds of crazy stuff. All right, well, so, I guess we better get to it then. I'm going to bid you adieu as soon as I do this outro. Thanks as always, dear listener, for hanging out with us on this episode of the Inforium. Uh, what episode is this, Martin? 13, Sometimes I want to say. Are we on 13? 312. I think we're on 12. I'm going to guess. You put the number there, so I'm going to guess that it's 12. You know what? That would... And the perfectionism one was 11, I think. Oh, no. It's because of the time me writing down the number 12 made me think we already did it. Look at that. Ah. It looks like I'm imperfect today. It is 12. That's fair. So, if you want to get show notes for this episode where we will, at the very least, link to those books that we are reading, you can go over to theinforium.com slash 12. Did I get that right? Yep. Cool. All right. Uh, beyond that, if you're over on theinforium.com, you can find out how to subscribe to the show if you haven't done so already. You can do that in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, I think might actually be the biggest one now, like where the most listeners come from. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been listening to podcasts in an app called Air. A-I-R-R. And the cool thing about Air is if you hear something you like that you want to save, there's a little button that you can hit that will save the last, uh, by default, I think it's 45 seconds, but you can change it to whatever you want, like a minute, minute and a half, whatever, as a sort of air quote. And then you can write a note for it. So it's like a great way to make highlights, essentially, of podcast episodes. And then like Kindle, and like the command browser, it syncs those highlights to Readwise. Um, I'm really starting to like Readwise because it syncs my stuff to Notion. So it's all in there. I can go and write my own thoughts in there, merge my book highlighting with my book note-taking and my writing in general. But uh, wherever you choose to subscribe, thank you if you do, much appreciated. And I think that is about going to do it for my outro spiel. So thanks again for listening to us and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you.